where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome back to This Is Happening. This is one of your co-hosts, Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. And today we're joined by a lovely, incredibly talented artist, fine artist, and musician, Rob Grad. Hello, hello. Thanks for coming on the pod, Rob. Yeah, good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Um, I, you know, I've been checking out your work. Um, Nathan actually knows you. I do not know you, but um, uh, it's really good. Like, Thank I you. really like. Describe the kind of yeah, art. Yeah, you want to describe do. kind of your fine art. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I technically call it mixed media wall sculptures mm-hmm. or assemblages. Um, photo based. They're photo based, mm-hmm. um, although that's still photo based. I was saying I'm, I've recently been kind of leaning away from the photography, but it's still incorporating. Yeah, painting more oh, wow. and drawing more, but still incorporating photography. So it's definitely still both. Okay. Um, and it's kind of evolved over time. I originally. So how I got into this is I was playing music originally, and I'm, I'm really into layers. My work is heavily layered. Um, physically, there's uh, multiple layers of aluminum or plexiglass that are usually spaced apart and laser cut or something like that. And then there's also layers within the photography and so forth where I'll do multiple exposures and print them on these surfaces and then paint and so forth. So it kind of, and, and all of that kind of happened from I was making CD demos uh, when I was focused solely on music back in the day and um, I was trying to get gigs for uh, music supervisors to get songs on TV shows and movies and stuff. I was on an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in the day. And I oh, was you on, were submitting your own music. So I was submitting to, my own music. To be used in, yeah. in media. Exactly. And like back, Steve Gazicki does. One of our He's a music supervisor here at La La Land. Oh, yeah. People must submit stuff to him all the time. Yes. Because that's his job, is to put music in movies. And 10 years ago, or whenever it was, um, 12 years ago, I guess. You were doing CDs. Everybody was making CDs, right? So these music supervisors would have these giant piles of CDs on their desks. (laughs) And you're doing something to try and make them listen to your music, you know, whether it's coming through connection. So the cover design was your angle. So I was making my own covers, and I found these... transparencies and staples that are made for overhead projectors that you can just print out of your regular printer, your inkjet mm-hmm. printer. Mm-hmm. And I was, I got the idea. I was like, well, what if I printed some of those and put the picture on there and something? And then I, I slid like a piece of sandpaper or fabric behind that and slid it into the jewel case. And it was like these two physical pieces, but since one was semi-transparent, you'd see a picture of a flowers or a picture of me, whatever, a building, something, but you'd see the texture and the color of the fabric or the sandpaper coming through the transparency at the same time and it kind of had this layered effect and I started getting a really good response on the covers and so that you know I'd get calls by these music supervisors and stuff and they'd say I mean I like the music but the cover was awesome you know so <laughs> that was like, kind of what opened oh, oh, that door it's overshadowing the yeah point. Well, <laughs> hence focusing you, on art these you days took a you different know different yeah although I still do music 
But so with the music though, um, were you in a band? Was it a solo yeah. stuff? What what is it? Both evolving over time. I uh-huh. started in a band. I what was, was the band's name? So I was you in never a band. told me. I didn't tell you. Okay, no. so. It's not on your website either. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you I keep it on secret. No, it was I, the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> He's the long lost fifth member. It was the Buttles. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was called Kick Tracy. <laughs> and we were late the 80s, violence. early 90s. <laughs> Yeah. What did Tracy do? Why? <laughs> was it a play on Dick Tracy? It was a play on Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you got that too. I did, I know. <laughs> the record company at the time came up with some bogus story, but at the end of the day, that's really what it was. It was on Dick Tracy, and I had I was the bass player in that band originally, mm-hmm. and I had a, a bass amp called a Trace Elliott, and that was actually what got us into the idea of Tracy. We liked that name, Trace Elliott sure. and Tracy. So we started thinking, ah, oh, Tracy, you know, Shock Tracy, whatever, you know, yeah. something. Oh, band names are so hard. Oh, they were so hard. And you're talking late 80s My here, band, so different. It yeah. is hard to find the really good oh, band. My band formed in the late 70s, actually, oh. when I was quite young. Yes. Um, was called the Stingrays. That's a good name. We zeroed in on it at seven. Seven years old. Stingrays is great. <laughs> That's it's a, good, a name. good name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't do anything with it. We we did. We were together for like seven years, whatever. But That's amazing. Um, it was really fun. I loved being in a band. So you played bass. You yeah. still play bass. Only on my recordings. Um, I sing and play guitar now primarily. Oh, just regular guitar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. for the band, were you not the singer? I was not the singer in that band. Mm-hmm. I was the singer in my subsequent bands. You wanted to be the singer. So you were rivals. <sighs> you and the lead singer were rivals. There was a bit of a rivalry, mm-hmm. I would say. Oh, I've been in a band. I wasn't a singer <laughs> back in the day, though. I didn't have... I was too afraid. So you oh. didn't do... You, you guys decided that there was just going to be one singer? Because a lot of bands... I like sang backup the, vocals oh, okay, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and I was writing totally. a lot of the melodies and a lot of the songs and stuff nice, back in right. the day. Yeah, um, for sure. But in fact, we were had been looking... We were like the neighborhood kids. We grew up in the San Fernando Valley. So I'm born and raised in L.A. And we played in the drummer's garage in the San Fernando Valley. This is very much like my what we did. Really? Yeah. There you go. In so, New York. Yeah. It, it's... You know, the classic story, right? Yeah. With the guys and whatever, Kids. especially back in those Putting days. A band together. Maybe more so than even now. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we, we, we did that and we were looking for a singer forever and we couldn't find one. And so I actually had the thought at one point, I was like, you know what? I think I should just take singing lessons. I'm writing songs anyway. I might as well just take singing lessons and learn. And it was like that week that we met the guy who ultimately was our singer because he was amazing. He was fantastic, right? So I was like, okay, I don't have to risk it. You know, it's okay. Yeah. So it was kind of the safe play for me. I see. Um, But he was great and we wound up getting a record deal. We got signed. We went on tour. We were on MTV. We were... Um, did you have like a hit We opened single? for like Bon Jovi, you know, like stuff. Whoa, did you really? Oh my God, the backstage day. must have been It was just, crazy. we just did, we did. How old were you at this, when these things were 22. So this was early, just like early adult. Backstage, at a, backstage at a Bon Jovi concert. We played with them on, on a multi-band been, bill. And there must have been tons of groupies, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is early 90s, yeah. you know, I mean... Hey, was... Dick Tracy! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, knock, I mean... Knock. No, anyway, it was anyway. part of the fun, <laughs> you know, I mean... The, the, uh, super did you fun. tour around the country? Did you? We toured around the country a couple times, we had some videos on MTV, we uh, made an album and an EP, and we were in the studio for our second full-length album with the guy who produced the first Rage Against the Machine album. Wow. What happened so to Kick Tracy? It was really fun until it wasn't. Yeah. And we were really young. We weren't 
particularly savvy to business or, you know, and as soon as the record deal happened, everything changed. Who signed you? RCA. Oh, wow. Huge. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and we, we uh, made a series of terrible decisions on our own behalf and mm. as soon as the deal was signed the singer wanted more money uh. and then we were getting bad management advice and like it just the whole thing just kind of um it became less and less fun over time you know yeah, and by right. the time the band split up in 93 um we just couldn't even stand being around each other like you know it was, it was just too um, have you ever seen those guys again yeah actually it, a Did lot of them friends again a lot of the yes uh, nice kind I'm of. friends with some of them the other ones it's all good yeah but yeah, we don't sure. hang out we don't talk yeah, regularly yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. if I see them or we have a conversation or something comes up every so often we get called for something you know they want some revival thing or something because really? we, you know, we were like a little hair dick, band you know dick so Tracy reunion yeah. hair band I didn't know I yeah yeah no we were like so tight like... pants long hair you know well, it's very Bon Jovi so. yeah yeah how long was your hair I had it down like below oh the nipples God, like, was it all curly <laughs> huh was it curly <laughs> yeah like kind of wavy curly and yeah. I dyed it kind of an auburn red auburn <laughs> 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 red oh my God I love that <laughs> did you guys wear makeup no we didn't wear makeup and we were. You know, it was interesting, uh, some of those poor decisions that were all lessons that I've tried to apply as, you know, as my career has gone on. Yeah. You know, you try and learn from the mistakes best you can. Sure, and, that's life. And we, um, you know, we, we got signed as a sort of hair band, but with alternative kind of music leanings at the time, which so was sort like of... it wasn't super metal It wasn't super metal and we, yeah. we were influenced by bands like The Cure and other things that weren't oh, nice. your standard sort of metal, sure. hair metal kind of thing, yeah. which better, made us a little unique. music, yeah. Made us unique at the time. <laughs> and some of those hair bands, terrible well, music. There were, there were some... Oh, God. Yeah, great <laughs> stories about some of that. But, um, Tell them. I um, can uh, share one uh, or two. But uh, So anyway, long story short, basically... Um, we were a forward-thinking band, but the album we ultimately came out with, the producer kind of steered us back into the hair metal kind of thing because that's what was selling at the time. Sure. So we kind of went with that. So the album came out, and then Nirvana's Nevermind came out, which changed uh, the music industry, totally, right? Totally. So we were on the forward cusp of things, but we made an album that was looking back, and then the music business leaped forward all at the same time. Yeah. Right, and all of a sudden we're trying to play catch up, where we really were. You should have been where you were. Had you know, we in weren't a the first band like Nirvana, but we were sort of more ahead of the curve. Sure. As the Jane's Addictions were, you know, um, gaining traction and that kind of stuff. So it was things like that that just kind of we never were able to really kind of dig out of that. Do you yeah. have any tattoos? Just one. It's a Japanese um, kanji writing on my inside wrist, and it means illusion. Oh, where'd you uh, get it? Nice. It's a uh, a friend of mine back. 15, 20 years ago, um, did tattoos for all the rock stars in the time. Nice. And he happened to be a friend of mine and, and uh, was dating a friend of mine. And he did it for me. Yeah, I was going to say, fairly tattooless for like a rocker. We weren't like, and that was the thing. At the time, we really didn't fit in with that which we were lumped into totally. Right. We kind of fit in, especially right. if you go look at the videos and stuff. They're on YouTube. You can. I gotta check. You'll it. search when I leave. Dick you know, Tracy, yeah. well, I, I should have done a deeper dive into that because it it didn't. You don't mention it on your artist website, right? So, um, which you're keeping in your separate. focus now it's, is kind of more. It's not something I, hide. Just I don't care. But, but no, I'm not sure you're not hiding not, it. But just in terms of like, I would have 
I would have uh, steeped myself in Kick Tracy before this. <laughs> Not a whole lot to get to. There's a couple of videos on YouTube. Well, well that's right. That's the steeped myself meaning I would have yeah. taken yeah. How six long would minutes. You say, yeah. Yeah. How long would you say you've kind of now been really geared into the fine art? Uh, my first show was in 2010, so, and I was doing it pretty hardcore for about a year and a half before that. Okay, cool, I yeah. took sort of a life-changing trip to Madrid. I spent a summer there painting. Mm. Wow. Uh, you? Right when I was getting started, so, uh, I just turned 40. You had turned 40? Yeah. This is and how long ago? 10 years. What? You yeah. look really good. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's so rare great. that we have someone that's older than me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you're, what, almost 30 now? <laughs> no. And no. I'm starting high school I'm next year. I'm quite close to 50. <laughs> um, so yeah, I took a life-changing trip and I... To Madrid. And I spent, spent three summer? months in a flat there. I rented a flat and I lived there and I painted and I went to museums. What and a beautiful gift to give yourself. It that's was awesome. It was awesome. And it was just totally life-changing. Did you uh, speak any Spanish when you... Um, I took okay. six years of Spanish in, in high school and didn't know shit. Yeah. And I, but once <laughs> I showed up there, when you're living somewhere like that, you, you do, do start learn. to pick it up. And you find you know, probably remember more from what you learned. I do. You know, I learned certain things. And I, I mean, I couldn't get into like a philosophical conversation with people. Like this would have been really hard to do. Oh, sure. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I could order my food and I could do basic conversations. I could Nathan sort of get through. Nathan is learning Spanish. Si. Yo aprendo. Aprendiendo. I'm learning. Yo apre aprendiendo español. I do. Pretty good. So he's getting, he's getting <laughs> deep because he has like the tenses and stuff. Like I was total like oh, uh, I have to drop. caveman Spanish. I have to, exactly. You know? yeah. I have to drop. You're when like I, me want cheese, me yeah, want meat. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. I to go to, for here, you know. <laughs> right. When I try to speak French, I, I don't remember anything about tenses. I learned that stuff, but mm. I don't remember anything about yeah, French is uh, is difficult because the pronunciation itself is so key. I'm actually pretty good at that part of it. That's but um, I can even, you know, like... We were talking about the movie Itu Mama Tambien, which I'm now saying worse than I did earlier. But whatever. You had it perfect before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Spanish is great. And Spain, which I've actually never been to Spain. It's like the one country in Europe I have not been to. Spain is awesome. I, I so want to go to Barcelona. Barcelona is great. Madrid is great. Often overlooked, in my opinion. Raul, goes to Barcelona. Raul says he Madrid is his favorite city. Madrid's great because it's like old Spain. It's old yeah. Spanish. Barcelona is yeah. more new world, you know, kind of, which is great in I a different really, way. I mainly know about Spain through Pedro Almodovar, you know, his movies. I love Almodovar. Yeah. Um, and it makes me want to just like spend three months in Spain and become an artist. You should. That's not going to happen. No, not with this pod. Well, <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> we have these weekly things to do. I can't go away for three months. Yeah, I'll go to Spain with you. We'll do a bunch of Spanish. There you go. Oh my there god, that's go. true. No, I have no. I have zero artistic um, talent, like painting. I can't draw. So um, painting is on the cards for me. Becoming a visual fine artist. No, that's not. Your right. stuff is pretty abstract. Do yeah, you... I mean, I have to say, is well, you funny, do photo but... based. Actually, well, one I of the mean, things I like you... photography. Well, that's the thing. One of the things you just said was something that I literally used to tell myself. Okay. Is because like when we would go on tour, uh, I always wanted to go to the museums and stuff. Like I was always a fan of art, and when when the record deal started taking a turn for the worse, I was living in Venice Beach in my little apartment there. 
and I was going to rehearsals and I dreaded it and all of a sudden the creative outlet I had sort of created to try and make a living from went sour on me so I felt like I needed a new creative outlet so I went and bought some paints and I painted my apartment and I was terrible like horrific because I'm not like I couldn't really draw either and but I always loved art and I was always attracted to it and I literally used to say to myself in my next life like you know I kind of my lot in this life is to be a musician and I never saw myself Whoa, electricity just went out. Thankfully, wow. this will We've be on battery. We've got a little bit of battery on the computer. <laughs> it's actually the second, <laughs> wow. it's the second time today. Wow. Really? I wonder what's happening. It's up. like no storm or anything. Um, Maybe there's it's... work going on. Um... And annoyingly, it's affecting where I live. And affecting the pod. Actually, the pod's okay. Yeah, we're, we're okay. all good here. Sorry everybody. about that. That's that was a, a little shocking. Yeah, we just kind of um, <laughs> everything went dark. But it is um, daylight. Yeah, this is one of our daytime podcasts. Yep. So um, what, were we, what were we talking about? You? Were, you oh, I was just saying, like you weren't good at drawing. I, uh, next life, I can be an artist. Right. I'm saying right. Right. And, right. And and it was only after. So I did the life changing trip to Madrid, but I did one six months before that where I did three weeks by myself in Europe, and that's when I turned 40. And um, I, I uh, had never been to Europe before. I always thought I would go with the band. I never made it. And I finally was like, I'm fucking 40 years old. I'm yeah. going to Europe. It's my know? second life now. Yeah, you know, so I got on a plane. I spent three weeks there by myself. Three weeks where? I went to London, um, Paris, like the greatest hits, you know. I yeah. um, Venice? Uh... Rome. Yeah, I went to Venice on that trip, and I went to Nice. Nice. And I went to, and then I was deciding between Rome, and I was I was thinking I was going to go to Rome, and then I got a random email from a friend of a friend. It was my ex girlfriend's friend or something who said, right. "Hey, by chance, if you go to Madrid, um, you got a friend there. You should connect with her." Oh, wow. I was like, "How weird! You'd send me that note right now. Like, I don't even know this girl that well." And I was like. Interesting. Maybe it's a sign. You know, yeah, so yeah. I sent yeah, an email yeah, yeah. to the girl in Madrid. Love she it. goes, yeah, yeah, come visit. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. So I, Madrid wasn't on my radar. Oh, wow. And then I went to Madrid, and I spent three days there, and I met this girl, and um, she opens the door, and she goes, oh, you're not Rob something else. And I went, She no. invited you to stay because she thought you were someone else? She thought I was another, another Rob. Oh, my, oh, my gosh. gosh. But we still did have the mutual friend. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I was like, nope, not him. You know, and she goes, whatever you know so she showed me around madrid for three days and i got oh my god that is so it was awesome and she was fantastic we are still friends today oh that's she's now married uh to the guy that she was with at the time and they've got a kid they were just out in la and we all hung out and everything so they became lifelong friends you know but so anyway so she she hangs so but i got this like intimate view of the city she took me to a dinner party she took me around and showed me it. things oh, yeah. that you don't get when you just have the map and you show up somewhere. And you yeah, know? you're just like living out of a suitcase in a hotel. And so I yeah. really fell in love with Madrid and that's why I decided to go, when I went back, I decided that I was going to use that as my home base. Plus she lived there so I had a friend you right. know, that was around. And so did you take classes or were you just hanging so out painting? And what chilling? happened is is I started taking pictures while I was on the trip. First time in Europe. Like, well, that's a cool building. You know, like literally just... What kind, oh, of, sure, of, what, what kind of camera were you using? I had like some yeah. crappy point and shoot. The, oh, yeah, so yeah, this yeah. is 10 years ago, whatever the technology was at the time. I was think it had a little Lumix the... or something, you know. Yeah, 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 totally. Digital? That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, Little digital so Lumix. So not, not actually film, but digital. No, no. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was total tourist. It was like a good version of a tourist camera. Sure. It probably cost me 300 bucks. You sure. Know, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $200. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was taking pictures, but I had been doing design 
and marketing for a day job for a while at that point. And so I Graphic sort of, design. yeah, so mm-hmm. I sort of not self-taught on that. And um, I was realizing that some of my photographs were actually pretty good because I had been doing these advertisements and I'd been trained through time to make something work in a space. Right. Right. You have mm-hmm. a, a, a finite, Symmetry dedicated square. You know, space. Yeah. Rectangle or square, whatever. Right, you've got to commute. Communicate and you, something, and, and you have to communicate yeah. something, and you have to um, composition. Yep. Is it is the building right in the middle, or do you move it to the side? Right. You know, all those choices you make when you take a picture. Right. What's more persuasive? And I realized, and, I, and, and yeah. well, this wasn't even for advertising, though. This was just my vacation at that point, right? No, I know, but, I was, but, yours, but that, that your yes. training came from exactly. Like, Making a good image exactly. that actually is effective. So I was naturally doing certain things in the photographs, and I yeah. was like, "Hmm, that, you know, it's not a bad photo. Good for me." You know, no yeah, big yeah. deal. I didn't think twice about it. At sure. The time. And then, and then I went to a place called the Thiessen Museum in Madrid. We still good? Yeah, we're good. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I went to a place called the Thiessen Museum in Madrid. It's the, one of the largest private collection museums in the world. And um, they, they're, it's six floors, and they're uh, chronologically uh, laid out. So you start with the, you know, the paintings of Jesus from, you know, 1200 AD or whatever. And, oh, right. and then you Are walk on the top or the bottom? The top floor. And then you walk your way down, and then they finish in the 1960s era modern art. That's where the oh, museum nice. kind of ends. Cool. The last painting was a painting called The Express from uh, Robert Rauschenberg. Mm. Giant painting, all black and white with silkscreen photographs and paint on it. And I looked at this painting and I was like, huh, I wonder if the transparency technique that I've been using on my demos for the music supervisors, what if that could be translated into using it on plexiglass and ma- and doing something behind it with paint or something. Like, is there a fine art application to what I've been doing with my CD covers similar to what they were doing with emulsion on the silk screens back in the 60s? Mm-hmm. Warhol was doing it. Rauschenberg did it. A bunch of people did it, right? And I was like, huh, that's interesting. It was like one of those moments where, you know, you kind of get a little chill and you're like, hmm, that's a pretty good idea, you know? Sure. And I, don't really, I don't really think yeah. I've seen anybody else do that. I wonder if I could pull it off. You know, I've been taking some decent pictures, yeah. So yeah. that was sort of the seed. And then I got home after that trip and I, I started messing around with what if I printed so on plexiglass you, and I painted behind Where do you go buy plexiglass at? Well, plexiglass you can find. You know, you just, you just there's multiple grades. Like, you know, it gets deep as you start diving in, but there's sure. different grades of clarity and all these kinds of things. So, you know, And do you take all that stuff into consideration? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's uh, what they call museum grade plexiglass. That's the clearest you can get. And do you prefer to work with the clear, clear? Yes, especially when you're layering them because it can start to feel cloudy as you, you, know, you have three pieces of plexiglass sure. you're looking through. You want them all uh, to be as clear as possible. They need to be as clear as possible. And do you, you said you laser cut it? So yeah, so a few years ago I started getting into doing this, a couple so years ago. So at first it, were you just buying a squares of plexiglass yep. and then just using the squares? and Yeah, which I still do sometimes, as right. well, still also. But um it just depends on the piece, depends on the series, whatever kind of I'm thinking and working on. But, um, uh, yeah, I just... So what's the lasering? Do you do that yourself? Or so do you... I don't do the laser cutting myself, but the shapes are all done by me. So I will draw or paint the shapes that I want to use, and then I bring those in the computer, and I send that to the laser cutter. Mm. So, and the laser and cutter I'm doing a lot is just of like, like a, what, like a, a place in It's LA. a machine. They're all over. Uh, you know, right, again, right, right. you got to find the right person to do what you're doing. You know, like 
Uh, I had to find the right laser cutter. There's a water jet cutting. There's also CMC machines. There's different ways to do this depending on uh, what material you're using and what your goal is. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I use all of them. So the trajectory for you was musician, signed with the band, that's starting to not work out so well. Started a new band. So, okay, started a, singer. a new band. Okay. That's the one that was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, that's nice. when I got into TV. Oh, what okay. was that one called? Super Fine. I already met you. Super Fine. That's a great band name. I like band. that better than Dick. Yeah, that not, was no band. offense. Yeah, Kick, no, that's okay. Kick yeah, Tracy Kick is Tracy's. very gimmicky. Well, it's it's a little, just, yeah. It was the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but 50s. it's not something that... Superfine is sexy. Superfine. I mean, yeah, yeah you're the, and you're, compliment, you're complimenting yourself. It's like, I'm superfine. Superfine. Yeah, I mean, the shirts, you know, superfine and everything. That's was great. it also of a similar vein of sound and stuff? No. Well, it was still rock. Right. But um, I, uh, another life-changing moment for me at that during that period was listening to Sonic Youth for the first time. Someone turned mm. me on to Sonic, the band Sonic Youth. Oh, sure. Youth. Yeah. Early 90s. They came out with an album called Dirty. Um, who, are, who are the people in that again? Um, uh, oh God, it doesn't matter. Um, Thurman. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they're great. God, they're and, really great. And I'm just blanking, but the girl is like my one of my Kim. favorite musicians. Kim, thank you. Kim, something, um, isn't it? Yes, it's Kim. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm spacing. You were such anyway. a fan. I thought you'd know. Uh, Never of course, mind. I know. I, <laughs> I guess you're not as much as I know. Exactly. I haven't listened in a while. I know their music is really good. I like their music. She I get did it. a performance recently downtown here in LA. Yeah, that was at the. Orpheum, I think. And I can't remember what the occasion was. They showed us this movie, and then she came out and she played by herself with an acoustic guitar and some crazy effects thing she did. And then it was with a filmmaker, and they had these giant waves projected on the back of the entire theater. And she was standing like on a chair with her guitar, and it's like looping back on itself. And she's riding the waves with her guitar. It was one of the greatest things I'd ever seen in my life. It was amazing. Well, people become rock stars for a reason. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they're, off good the at, they're good at what they do. Yeah, Talented she's she's great, freaking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and listening to that band changed my life because I was just like, wait a minute, you can do that? Yeah, <sighs> we're you know, guys, got a new idea. You know, so, so I started you, coming into was rehearsals. This a whole new group of people. So what I did is I heard that originally while I was still in Kick Tracy. And I started bringing in new song ideas that were like, you just stand there and let your guitar squeal and you do this. And they were just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? And um, so I knew that I was kind of moving in a different direction. That band folded. So when I started my new one, that's what I wanted to do. So it was much more alternative. It was much more crazy tunings on the guitar and feedback mm. and interesting things. So it was a little bit yeah. more and it was much more tongue in cheek. Um, more experimental. My biggest, it was kind of experimental. It was also kind of funny. One of my, my biggest songs at the time was called Already Met You. And it was a song about this guy who keeps meeting the same kind of girl over and over. You know, you're like my last girlfriend, the girlfriend, and the girlfriend I had before her. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sort of like this thing. So um, it's actually surprisingly rare in in rock music humor. Yeah, it, I agree. Not a lot. I do agree. You and, not, and when it when they try to go there, you got to be really careful. Right? You do. I think that's why it's, you do. But it, you know. But um. But I would think you know it's it. People like funny things, you yeah. know, I mean, so why not make a song? Well, like you did. And rock has, the genre to me has become somewhat of a parody of itself, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard. When I was a kid, 
it was legit. Like, you know, those angst yeah. emotions were very, and I'm sure maybe for young kids today, they still have some of that. And it kind of comes out in different ways. But I kind of felt like as the genre has matured, um, something doesn't resonate the same with me anymore. It feels, uh, so anyway, and maybe the, and part of that also is me getting older as well. I just don't see things the same. And that took you through more of the 90s. It took me through the 90s, yeah. Through all the 90s. And 90s, yeah. And I did super fine into early 2000s. And at the same time, you started to also do some graphic design. I was doing graphics. I was making all my own websites for the band. So okay. I was learning programming. Um, I learned HTML back in the day before because they didn't have any ways to make websites. You had to code them yourself. So yeah, I learned how to write code. That. Um, and that's I, something I so don't understand. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know was, what you're saying, yes. but like learning code i mean like i watched like, that movie about facebook and i'm like mm. what are you talking about i had a myspace account that? and back when we had myspace wow. the og social platform I yeah, guess, yeah. In a way, <laughs> if you wanted to change your page you know you can make it whatever color yes. or whatever effects you want you would have to you know get in there a little get into the program yeah yeah program that in i mean facebook then created a, a clean slate where yeah. everybody's looked identical and the same and didn't take an hour and a half to load because sometimes you'd open up a MySpace page and it would be like 17 music videos and all of this right, junk right. and <laughs> stuff sure, that people sure. cluttered their space with. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that was kind of my first... That's anyway, gosh, MySpace. You guys probably never had a MySpace I had a MySpace page. Oh, you did? Sure, was it yeah. for the band or was it personal? Uh... It was after the band. It was, um, but it was still for my music. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I'd yeah. done. Solo I'm pretty sure I didn't have one, but I used to go on other people's to hear their music or something like that. Yeah, it morphed into a music thing pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. yes. I don't think yeah, I ever started a MySpace page though. I don't think I did. It, it, it had it a, died it, it had a span of like I want to say three, three to four years in there. It was a quick one. Yeah. And then they tried to reboot it. Some years ago, when Justin Timberlake put a bunch of money, into <laughs> they it. did. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I think it just didn't take. I think it still technically might exist, but I don't think. Oh, I'm sure it's that, probably uh, bought by some other co company no, now. And I'm sure that uh, Mark Zuckerberg had people murdered. They just disappeared. Uh, yeah. They just went away. The Russians. Yeah, yeah, he's working with the Russians to destroy the world. <laughs> he's successful at it. He is. He's doing a great job. Thank Gosh. you, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> you know who won't be sponsoring this podcast? Facebook. <laughs> Facebook's dead. Facebook's dying. I think. I hope so. I mean, I just think they just caused so much evil. I'm over it. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, but we, I do like to post about our podcast on it. Thanks, Facebook listeners, so they've found out. About <laughs> yeah, but we found out face. It's hard to post on Facebook because they suppress things that don't get. Well, anything that links out of Facebook. Yeah. Yes, they don't want anyone to see it. Oh wow! So if and you so post you a link, to, yeah, you have to. They don't want too many. You have people to pay to see for the advertising, and then it's turned into. Such I do a weird actually market. pay for a little bit of advertising. I was going to say it's a pointless though. Like for what? Anyway. It depends. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it depends. Uh, it's funny from a marketer's perspective, what Facebook has done has revolutionized marketing. And at the same time, it's kind of evil. And it's I have this sort of like weird relationship with it because, uh, you know, you log into that back end and you can see the types of things that you can do and the kinds of targeting and the information that they know. Yeah. Sure. From a pure tar from a pure, oh, it's purely marketing perspective, it's brilliant. That's what it is. Right? It's, it's a data gathering yeah. device. On the downside... Holy crap, you know, 
look what they know and look what you know look you know it's weird you know people are it's voluntarily really giving away all of their stuff yeah. and well a lot of times they aren't volunteering it and facebook's yeah. taking it anyway like yeah. that whole data thing you know, those they facebook that pixels data. follow you around too yeah. you know people put them on the sites and facebook knows where you've gone and you know all well, that it's, I, stuff. it's, it's always crazy. it's always to me so disconcerting when I'm, you know, like I've just bought something online and then I sign on somewhere else and yeah. an ad for that very thing. Exactly. It's like, that's, yeah, yes, thank you. I know that's the bathrobe I just bought. <laughs> yeah, it's big brotherizing. I'm just quickly. like, you don't need to put, like, ugh, why? How is that even helpful? I just bought that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't need to go back and buy it again. Why are you showing me that At the same ad? time, it works. People, you know, these people are making money. That's why oh, they no, keep doing it. Oh, no, They wouldn't be doing it's, it It's a weird, you know, which brings to me a bigger question is kind of uh, our society, you know, it's so focused on money at this point, right? And, and uh, our, our, to me, it addresses the question is what, what priority do we or do we need to be putting on things that aren't purely commerce? In our, you know, are we, you know, like sure. sort of a spiritually bankrupt country? Like, Ar- arguably, yes. What know? isn't purely commerce, though? Well, I think that a lot art, of the, art is commerce. I mean, you're selling, art is com- absolutely. You're your art. Well, America made everything into commerce. You know what's not purely co- commerce? This podcast. <laughs> we're not going to get dime from this bitch. Oh, we're going to commercialize <laughs> the hell out of this. I know, but at the moment, at the moment, at the moment, it's, moment not it's not really pure. Yeah, it these is are the, pure right These now. are the pure early days. These of are this the days happening. when you get to hear us unfiltered. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted by constant advertising. No commercial <laughs> breaks on this. <laughs> Nothing. You just get us for an hour. How Aren't you that? lucky? You're welcome. Um. Um, yeah, no, we did, we did get a little field from you, but. But I was really interested, though, in that trajectory that you took. And I loved mm-hmm. how you told it, you know, just about the inspiration, going to Madrid and all of that. Yeah. Um, and also just taking things that you were doing for yourself, for your career, and, but, and then just taking it to a different level. Uh, it's, you know, it's really cool to be able to do that. I think it's kind of essential today to be able to reinvent yourself when you need to. Yes. I mean, peop, you know, the, the days of having like a decades-long career, I'm going to work at this company, I'm retiring, I've been here 50 years, I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a gold watch. Gone. Like, that is just yeah. not the world we live in anymore. And Over. people do have to reinvent themselves and may find themselves like, what am I going to do? Is yeah. a gold watch like a classic retirement gift yes. from a company? That used to be yeah. the thing. You get never a gold watch and a pat That's on the back. And, yeah. yeah. You know, thanks for your 40 years of service or whatever. And you've sure. never heard that because it's been so long. Since so, like, anybody's been able to retire. We're old. We won't <laughs> retire. I think the like, retirement age for my generation was like 68, like a year before you die. I, like, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll live past sixty. Sure, I think the I, I think the I'm going out at ninety four. I'm going out at ninety four. So we get six years. I decided that long time. That's good. You're going when? Out when? At ninety four. That's a good. Ninety four is great. I'd like an even century. Wow, you're gonna go. You know big. what? You might get it. You might. Yeah, you're, it's true. You're you couldn't be more healthy, healthful. Oh, thank you're you. You're in great shape. Um, Went to the gym this morning. Yeah. There you go. Thought about that hundred years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe they'll come up with something. You know, I have a little more time for them to technology-wise kind of invent some sort of stem cell thing where we won't die. Medicine is only getting better and better. I mean, you're way younger than me. And so you'll... you'll, 
benefit from that in your older age. Yeah. Yeah. As I have been long dead. This podcast has a you time don't limit. Know. This podcast is sponsored by death. <laughs> well, that's why I have my future co-host list. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, Regis and Kathy Lee moved on. No, I'm just kidding. Truth. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. It would never be the same without you. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. The two of us. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. But this episode's about Rob. It is. <laughs> now, let's, let's bring it back to him. You said you're from the, the San Fernando Valley, yep. right? I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, and then I moved to Venice Beach, and I lived there for 18 years. Oh, my God. Venice yes. Beach yeah. is so cool. It was awesome. I love it there. We're, it's a little weird. Were now. you living on like a canal or something? I never lived right on the canal, but I lived within two blocks of the canal. Yeah, and I lived in a few different spots. I lived right on uh, Pacific Avenue, which is the I block behind the beach. Yep. I lived there. I lived right by uh, Abbott Kinney, which is like the big I famous love street Abbott there. Kinney. Back How much Abbott was Kinney. your first rent in Venice? Yeah, six hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. Oh. oh, that's still kind of a and little was, bit expensive. And it was a one-bedroom yeah, apartment that I split with my buddy, the two of us. Oh, so you only were paying like 300 Yeah, we paid three, uh, $300 each. Oh, $300. And we got the apartment because I was in Kick Tracy. The girl knew who we were. It was my one of my really? first sort of moments where I was like, this is cool. You know? yeah. She was like, the boys from Kick Tracy. Yeah, she's a, I forget, we went up to meet her, the manager of the building or something. Because you know, I was like, long hair guy, whatever. She yeah, looked at me sure. like, whatever. And then she asked what I did, and I told her. And she's like... I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You totally get the place. I was like, great. Thanks. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was that's cool. Amazing. So that was like one of my nice. first rock star moments. I was like, ah, this is good. So you're a Los Angeles native. Yes. And um, grew up here. Did you live other places for long stretches of time? The only... Or, or Madrid for three months, <laughs> the, the extent of it? Um, the only thing that I did in addition to Madrid, when I got back from Madrid... Um, I realized I wasn't ready to come back to LA and I only came back because my visa had expired, was going to expire. Yeah. And I wanted, and it was 90 days out of every six months you could be, be there without any, without doing anything. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, okay, so I'll come back for three months and then I was going to go back to Europe. And, um, and, uh, so what I did is I moved up to Northern California um, I found a beautiful place called Nevada City uh, outside of Sacramento. It's kind of old gold rush town. It's awesome. Mm. Um, beautiful place. Lots of artists, lots of musicians. Like, it's just freaking cool. And I moved up there, and I was planning to just stay for three, six months. I think I took a six-month lease on my uh, an apartment mm. that I rented there. And right at that moment, I met a girl who now is my wife. And um, she came up and started visiting me, and then she just kind of (laughs) stayed. And then we stayed up there for Where about a year. Where has she been living? His wife, by the way, is so lovely. And I met her as well. And we got to get her on the pod because she is a toy maker. Oh, you guys love her. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. She invents yeah. toys. Yeah. Oh, I love... Again, yeah. I really love the opportunity that this podcast gives us to talk to different people about things that I don't know anything about. Yeah. I love it. So cool. cool. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but so where was she living? Where did you meet so, her? We met, she had just, she'd be a great guest on your show actually, because she had just come back from 15 months traveling by herself all through Asia in India. Mm-hmm. So she spent five months in India, she spent six months in Japan, she spent three months in China on this like soul searching journey oh, of her own. Incredible. She came back Amazing. to LA. Someone give me $30,000 so I can do that. Actually, you could do it for a lot less, but amazingly enough, because. I couldn't. Well, if you're willing to do it, I don't she did. it. 
Oh, <laughs> no, rough it, a but in Asia, it's you, you can do certain things. You're absolutely cheaper. correct. Uh, I could. She I figured it out. You could. She figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So she had done this, and so she, we were both in LA for a, like a four six week overlap. And that was it. We kind of came back at the same time. We had never met, and a mutual friend said, "Hey, you got to meet this girl. She just came back from a trip. Also, I think you're gonna like her." She okay. says, "I don't know if it's gonna be a thing or not, but you guys are certainly gonna be friends. You got to meet her." And you were single at the time. And I was single at the time, and so was she. Perfect. I wasn't looking, which is always when that kind of thing yeah, happens, sure. right? Yeah. And um, we sat down and we met, and she said she knew right away, and I just knew that it was significant. I just didn't know what it was gonna be. I was re- I was moving. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really looking for it, but I was like. I'm going to know this girl for a long time. Like, I knew that. That's I just didn't nice. know it was going to become what it did. Yeah. And, and how, how old were you? Uh, when you met her? Uh, 41, I guess. Wow. Gosh, you, had, you really did have a second life. Like, yeah. 40 hit, and now you have, like, and a totally changed. different life. Yeah, I started painting, and everything changed. I had my first solo show in 2010. And neither and... you nor your wife have kids. No. And you didn't want them wasn't that we didn't want them. We just... Well, you guys met later. We met later in life. And you hadn't had kids And we hadn't had point. kids. Neither one of us had ever been married before. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. We both kind of... So there were sort of parallel paths in certain ways. Yeah. And we both felt the same. It wasn't that we were opposed to it. Just never met the right person and it never worked out. You know? Yeah. I made a series of questionable choices for a while and then I started getting better at my choices of mates. It. You know? I haven't figured that we out. We can all relate to. No, I make terrible choices. That makes me feel so good. I'm having a little bit of a... 30, I just turned 30 recently, cat's out of the bag, and I've we've mentioned little, that. Yeah, we've mentioned <laughs> it. I've had, I'm having a little like, well, where's life? What's life? I guess you kind of go through that in cycles. Definitely. Kind of feel that way, and then figure it out, and then feel that way, and figure it out. When I turned 30, maybe, and tell me if you feel this way, when I turned 30, I remember distinctly having the thought, I was finally old enough to still, to appreciate how young I still was. I do feel, I, you know, I was at the gym today and I was like, I thought to myself, I was working out by myself and I was like, wow, I never would have thought like, I'm going to be in the best, like I'm probably right now in the best shape of my life, in my prime, like I feel good, I, I feel like I can appreciate it and I have the ability to yeah. recognize that and also the maturity to kind of like right. live in that a little bit more. Um, I never, you, you don't think when you're like 15, oh, 30 will be like a really great time. Yeah, I was thinking that today. What I remember about turning 30 um, was that I felt like, I feel like your 20s are so tumultuous yes. and you're really kind of like, you have to like, oh, you're thrust into adulthood and just like figuring all kinds of stuff out. I was like, oh my God, I have to support myself and blah, blah, blah. But um, then... And when you're 30, I just feel like you start to know who you are a little bit better. And you're not as in this tumultuous time. You really kind of settle in to yourself. And it's a great time to like kind of hit your stride in your career. That doesn't happen for everyone. I've had a very up and down career. I really (laughs) want to get into it. But but I did feel like something kind of like settled down. And I was like, all right, you know, I just calmed down a little bit in my in my early 30s. Yeah. Um, that sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. It's it's a, I think it's a great it's a great time and you're absolutely right. You are in the like the prime, you know, the prime of your life. You're probably looking better than you ever have or will. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, like the <laughs> world the world is your oyster right yeah. now nathan oh yeah. thanks i am uh, you know on the verge of collapse but <laughs> uh, but perhaps i can pull myself up to a renaissance um i can only hope you have more primes left uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm feeling good, actually, right now. I am. I, I'm not in... I need to exercise more, but uh, I'm not in great shape. But other than that, I do feel good. You are in good shape. Yeah, what do you do for You're impossibly thin. Yeah. Is that just that genetics? Uh, I, I got genetically lucky. I don't think that the, you can... You probably thing. can't gain weight. Um, I'm just kind of getting old enough now that I probably could if I... A little. If I tried. A tiny... You know, like if I just ate ice cream all day or whatever. Do you cycle... Or something? Um, or... I do go to the gym. Do you run? I don't run, but I've been jumping rope a little bit, too. Which okay. Do you do double-unders? Awesome. No, I can't do the doubles. They're hard, right? They're really hard. Yeah, no, I, I, I've been I'm just... i for a while. You know, just yeah. through. But it's really good. Just a simple, just a simple jumping of rope awesome. for a few minutes is so it's... cardiovascularly <laughs> The first time I did it, yeah. so I got suggested to do it. So I go to breakfast with a, with a couple... We go to breakfast with a couple of friends of ours. And um, we get there, and our, the other couple is already eating breakfast. This is like a few months ago. And um, or, uh, yeah, they were already there. They kind of called us last minute. We walked over. It was near our house. So we go and we show up. What and part of town is that? Eagle Rock. Oh, Do you guys go yeah. to the gym together? Like no. No, separate. No. We, we yeah. did the design schedules. work together. Like we spend a lot of time together. She yeah. works at home too, you know. So um, there's certain things that's better. You know, I've got my art studio now that I can go to that's right. sort of separate from the house, so it gives us some space and stuff, which is good. Yeah. Um, so we show up that day, though, and evidently the owner of the restaurant also owns a boxing gym. And so my friend says to the owner of the... He comes to the table, everything okay? Yeah, yeah. He goes, you own a boxing gym? He said, "He said I got a little extra right in the middle. He says, what, what should I do? My friend says. And the guy says, you know? He goes... Forget the gym and all that crap. He goes, you jump rope 15 minutes three times a week and it'll drop right off you. My friend was like, seriously? What? He said, okay. I'm going on. Excuse me. I have to go get a jump rope. I bought a jump rope. <laughs> Not that I had a bunch no, of I extra weight. I was will. like, I, I do have some uh, extra You weight. can have my jump rope. Really? Yeah. Perfect. I have one I'll tell you. Please bring it's it. It's awesome. Like a lot of the like creaky things were happening and stuff like went away. Um, so do you have a specific, do you jump rope three times a week? I'm trying to stay regular with it, um, and I do go I'll to the gym sometimes instead. So I don't do the jump rope. I don't do them uh, together. You know what I'm saying? Why so I'll usually I do, do one it, or the other. Why but. wouldn't I do it every day? How hard is that? It's easy. I mean, I actually do. I do like to hike. It's be good for you to do every day. I jumped rope this morning. Did you? Yeah. Oh, so it's part of your regimen. Uh, it, depending on the exercise, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of it goes in and out. Uh, our gym, they want us to do. I go to a CrossFit gym. Oh boy. Um, but they like. The double under thing, so you do twice under for every jump, <laughs> which is just like a whole nother level. But I didn't do that today. I just did regular jump roping, two minutes, and I was like, "Whoo, yeah, way out of my ready to go." <laughs> I think I could actually do that. I could make that a daily practice. Oh, it's could. a great you thing could. to do because it just takes a couple minutes. And you could do it right here, so it's right like a, porch, you don't have to wait or for people. You don't the have the courtyard. To... I could do it in my courtyard. Oh, your yeah. backyard. Uh, Jump up my hit some branches. <laughs> yeah, the backyard there's not enough space. Well, it's also actually good for no. I, I keep thinking it of it in its past that my last neighbor put bricks down and stuff, so I could do that there. Anyway, it's used to be like a mud pit if it rained, yes. but now it's not. Anyway, do you well, have an eating regimen? 
Like a diet? No, I'm not so much. I'm a little, eats, I'm a little no, I eat a lot. I have a fast metabolism. <laughs> I have a fast metabolism. Thank, thanking my mother. Um, yeah, I was not blessed with that. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it, the downside was for many, many years, and it's finally slowing down now, was that I was hungry all the time because I would burn food so fast mm. so, and my blood sugar would dive. I would take that so, straight off. I'd have to have four or five meals a day, you know, and I did that for decades. Um, So just now things have kind of leveled out. You are exactly the amount of emaciated that I would like to be, but (laughs) it really, it takes a lot. You've got uh, a great emaciation status. It takes, uh, well, I, I was quite thin, not that long ago, but it took like a crisis in my mm. life and like a project falling apart and that's not the best way to lose weight uh, and being sued and oh, um, tapeworm will do it too yeah yeah I should I should actually yeah I should swallow a tapeworm I should visit Puerto Vallarta and just eat <laughs> just go to a go to a farmer's <laughs> market and eat everything in the give me the tapeworm do you have baby. lettuce yeah so I'm just going to just guzzle it with there's always bulimia you know Romaine's Romaine lettuce I don't enjoy throwing up that's the yeah (laughs) I dated a bulimic once oh that's Mm. sad it's such a sad yeah it's just not uh, not the funnest it's sad that someone has that view of themselves it's It's very sad stinky breath too yeah and that's how I knew oh Oh, really right yuck yeah it uh, wasn't good yeah. Well, hopefully, um, that well, heroin better. Do it too. Heroin. Yeah. heroin. A lot of my contemporaries, it. you know, yeah. back in the day, were heroin. That's heroin. always. That's always on the. You know, that's always Plan B for me. Stay off the heroin for a while. <laughs> the yeah. trick is not dying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky tightrope. Jump rope is going to keep you alive longer. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I actually truly am And the great thing is a jump rope costs like 12 bucks on Amazon, whereas like, you know, apparently heroin, heroin can get yeah. expensive. Apparently Nathan is... I will give you my one. jump rope even for better. free because I use the ones at the gym. Oh, perfect. I, See? You're so generous. We got a thing. I, I, I don't even deserve your generosity. Thank you. After everything you've done for me, Eric, of course. A jump rope, it's... it's actually, nice. that's true. I, I'm, I've been very nice. I want to get a report. <laughs> See how it's going. Yeah, we'll, we'll make a list. You've yeah. inspired me. Yeah, no, because I really do need to do something. Uh, something's going on. I'm, I'm heavier than I usually am, so I need to... And I do know that turn as, that ship around. And as the years are going on, you know, and I've heard anybody yeah, who's no, older than healthy. me, they all say the same thing: keep moving, and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's when you Movement stop moving. Is life. I got a stand-up desk for my computer when I spend long hours at the computer. I got one of those standing desks. I actually drop my blood pressure ten points. I take freak, not frequent, but I, I frequently take long walks that's around good. Century City, where my oh, that's um, good. Even a twenty-minute walk, that's yeah, like, I do. I, I I take extended walks that's around good. like the, the all of Century City. Nice. And uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe I'll do a conference call or something. But usually, it's just like I've been at my computer and I'm like, no, I, just I'm gonna a, go walk. Also, the meditation of the of a walk. Is yeah, and really I listen to music mentally. usually. Yeah, yeah that's it's great. great. Good for you. That's yeah. a good thing to do. To I, get back to, I'm not big on a stand up desk though. I it's don't a little weird. It, it helped me. I, I mean, that's an option. Most people in the office that I'm in use one, but I'm like. No. No it was only when standing. I was sitting from the in the in front of the computer for eight hours, you know, and not taking enough breaks right, and stuff. My blood sure. pressure See, went I just, up. Like I, I take so. I take breaks. I just walk. Yeah, away. no, you're smart. Yeah. I just I wanted to ask a little more. bit more just about your art before. Yeah, yeah so of course, of course, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, you were very, very specific. You actually were getting into the 
the methodology of it and the you know which is very yeah, interesting. So interesting to me I've seen pictures of it you've actually mm-hmm. seen it in a gallery right I've seen it in um, Ren Gallery yeah. which is in downtown LA uh, that's where I first saw it before I ever met you I saw your yeah. your work at a showing um, yeah it's very interesting the it's um, the layering doesn't come across great in the photographs on the website and stuff. Well, like, that's what it's I'm saying. It is like, definitely. I yeah. think it's it's something you kind of have to see in More, person. I mean, I get it. It looks beautiful. It's one of the issues I have with the work is that until people see it in person, sometimes they're like, "Oh, that's cool," you know, and they get and then right. they see it in person, like, "Oh, wow, this is a whole other thing." You know, yeah, that that's I very cool. So, do you and have you like you have a, an aluminum project, right? So yeah, I'm working with aluminum right now um, on a couple of different things. Uh, so I've got another. Uh, I'm in a two-person show that's opening in Culver City in January, and then I'm also working on a giant mural. Um, it's like 18 pieces of giant. Was aluminum. that commissioned by someone? Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So. When is the January showing? Because this will come out before. January now. 5th. January 5th, and where is it? Uh, Fabric Projects. And it'll be a public... Is that for yeah. a certain amount of time? Yeah, it'll be up till February 16th. Oh, amazing. Right. We can plug that. In Culver City, where? where? It's right on... What's uh, the name of it again? Fabric with a K, Projects. Oh, yeah. It's for some on, reason, they email me all the time. I don't know why. They have a magazine in town, too. Like yeah, yeah. magazine and stuff. Um, uh, it's on La Cienega between Washington and Venice. And is this going to be plexiglass, or is this... This is all aluminum. Okay, cool. Is this the big one? Um, big. You said you were doing like a thirty-five. That's piece no, that's the commission piece. piece. That's oh, okay. the mural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is that going to be? Uh, West LA. Brentwood. So it's going to be like a In permanent a space. Yeah, we're we're just, you know, I'm speaking a little early on it. Um, we're just waiting for final approval. Oh, okay. But I've designed the whole thing, and I mean, the great thing about it is that this is the first project I've done on this scale, and so even if by chance it looks very good, but even if by chance it doesn't. They don't pull the final trigger sure. on it. I've now designed multiple because I had to go through multiple ideas to try and get to something right. that they liked, and so I've now created these designs for these huge art pieces that I could do elsewhere or do in a different situation. I want to look into uh, doing public artwork. I want to start getting into more of that. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's very um, geared towards that. Your your work it can yes. be outside. Well, that's the thing, um, and so it can be in a public space. Yeah. What's, uh, what, are you, what are you? It's already doing sculptural with... by nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. What are you doing with the aluminum? Are you like? So I'm I'm cutting the aluminum. So I do like I said I paint these shapes, and you know I, I paint shapes to try and make them. They have to work together to sort of speak a certain feeling about whichever piece I'm creating. And do you paint directly onto the metal? Um, so yes, I will. So what I'll do is I'll cut the shapes according to a painting that I do separate, right? So I'll do a shape, and then the machine will cut that piece. And then I will paint and print photography on the each individual piece of aluminum also. Oh, wow. And then is the aluminum layered? And then the aluminum will get, will get sort of stacked. There's Most of these pieces are three layers. So there'll be, there'll be like a back piece, and then there'll be a middle piece and a front piece. And they're usually, they'll probably separate them about a quarter inch or a half inch from each gotcha. other. So when you look to the side, you can kind of see air between them. That's cool. And so you when you're layering, you... The back layer and the middle layer and the front layer. Do you do like peekaboos and stuff? To or are you? Is um, peekaboos meaning like can you see behind a little bit? Like maybe you're like okay, I want like the front layer to have a hole here, so it reveals something in the back. Oh, layer. absolutely. Yeah, that kind of absolutely. stuff is like very. Oh yeah, yeah. Integral to the yes. So things show through missing pieces and mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like such a puzzle to create. They are. 
and they're it's a little it's challenging in the sense of the shapes all have to work and speak together right mm -hmm. you can't just throw random any shapes together because they won't so it's it's creating the right shapes and then the, the content too you know what colors am i using what um you know these these particular new ones have text on them i'm putting some sayings and writing on some of them mm. um and so you know all that you know it's making a cohesive thing out of all these disparate parts yeah it's very cool well and your website um has some good good pictures of it but you also uh it, it links to uh, some things you have on YouTube talking about art, mm -hmm. and you've also apparently done a TED Talk, right? Yeah, I did. Um, <clears throat> and what was that about? So I did, uh, it was a TEDx talk in Culver City also. Um, they, they, they came to me, they were interested in my story, some of what we've been talking about tonight. You know, the, trans, the transformation from uh, strictly musician to artist and what that looked like and how it happened. And mm. so I spoke... Um, and I think I titled it Finally Using My Own Eyes. And it's sort of this, uh, it's just talking through the transition and the key points of seeing myself differently through time, um, which is similar to the content of the show that you saw at Ren Gallery. Mm -hmm. was, that was the basis of that show, was all about seeing myself in the world and how that's evolved over time. So I saw the world a certain way when I was younger and how I see the world now has changed significantly. The world looks different to me. Sure. And I wanted to sort of illustrate that through a series of artworks. So... Um, and the talk was a little bit about that, you know, and then I talked a little bit um, about my first trip to Paris. Uh, so Paris was before Madrid on the very first trip that I right. went. Um, and I had this like magical, bizarro, uh, spiritual, if you want to use that word, experience my first time in Madrid and in Paris. Mm -hmm. And um, I was I was altered by it. And, uh, and that's why I was so attracted to Europe and why I've gone back so many times since then. But I had this moment, so I... I uh, Everyone should, by the way. Everybody should. If, if more people traveled to Europe um, with any frequency, we wouldn't have elected Donald Trump. Absolutely think. agree. Um, I, I, there's nothing to be afraid of with immigrants in other countries. Well, and I also Go to Europe. I also think the value system is different than what yeah. we have here. And, and, and there's better in some ways and, pro and not better in some ways. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like own, you can make that value. They're having but, their own troubles. But, of course you know, they are. But it's, um, I, you know, I love Europe. I mean, it's, it depends on the country, but I, I love all the time I've spent in uh, London, you know, the UK, yeah. Italy especially. I've yeah, lived Italy in Italy awesome. for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I love it there, and it, it is a different value system. It's older, you know things. It, it, I don't know. It's it's amazing. I love yeah, Europe. I think it's I think what struck me was um, they put a high value on uh, your experience of life rather than than success. Mm -hmm. We're much more about we're much more ambitious, success driven here. Like I'm going to do something, yeah, I'm make something happen. Constantly. Yeah, I need you know, something to show for who I am. Or I'm just I got to do something, right? I got to I'm going to make something happen, which yeah. I think has its upside, you know. But and the materialism and the bling. Yeah, and then there, like you know, they take siestas in Spain. Yes, they're literally closed half the afternoon, right? So you want so the shop, if profit was their number one motive. They'd stay that. open, yeah. right? Yeah. But it's not. It's no. it's their their value it's, is it's their time to enjoyment go home, of life. Be with family. Yes. 
during the workday. Yes. You know, it's beautiful. And then they go to I, dinner. I don't late. know that I could do that, but my boyfriend's definitely turned me on to the siesta. He always takes a nap. <laughs> a siesta guy every yeah. day. Yeah. I, I love I love that. So I think it just. I'm not a good napper. I'm not. I'm a good napper. No. Really? Why are you just too awake? Well, if I'm gonna, if I fall, if I fall asleep. You go into a deep. I'm almost night sleep. Mm. I don't take a good twenty minute nap or half an hour nap. You know, like if someone can do that, but kudos. I there's not something I can do. I, like I love it. it. Yeah, it's like a you get two days almost <laughs> in one day. It's like you wake back up. Yeah, that's true. And <laughs> also, that's you nice. sort of I'd like, like to get good at it, but no. well, also for me, uh, first of all, a lot of creative ideas come. In the in that moment when you're just kind of in that half sleep state, which is sure. very nappy kind of thing. So a lot of times, if I'm having trouble in my studio or something, I'll literally just lay down on the couch. Like if I'm trying to figure out something, if something's not working, I'm not, and I'm just like, eh, I just literally lay down, and I'll, sometimes a solution will present itself while I'm laying down. And number two is I, you know, I wear a lot of different hats during the day, so it's a great way to segue from one thing to the other. So sometimes, mm-hmm. like if I'm doing all of my sort of uh, emails and correspondence and, and um, if I'm setting things up for printers and things like that, I can right. do all that stuff in the morning. And then when I go to the studio to be creative, I'm kind of half, kind of little charred around the edges and stuff yeah, you know, yeah, already yeah. and it's kind of after lunch and I'm like, Ugh. all right, so how do I get myself going? A lot of times I'll just lay down first thing for 15, just 15, 20 minutes, whether I sleep or not, doesn't matter. But then I wake up or I come out of that moment and it's kind of shifted me into a new space and now I can... You know, honestly, for me, that's what those walks the are about. Yeah, I totally I mean, see. I, things kind of like click into place in my mind. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to yeah. do. That you yeah. know, or it, whether it's about what I'm working on or whatever it is, yeah. you know, like um, that. That's what I use those walks for. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's these separators, you know, we got to put in. Yeah, totally. So, did they record that TED Talk for the, a podcast or radio? Or? It's, it's just on, available. It's on just YouTube on YouTube um, and oh, on the TEDx website. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I didn't do that. Sorry. Uh, no, it's good. Well, um, we did it here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we got a, we, yeah, we got some of the stories and some different ones. Yeah, you, yeah. Got, you got some different you ones. You know what? Too. Actually, it's good that I didn't watch it. Then this would have been derivative. I would have been <laughs> influenced. I would have been influenced by whatever that was. And we got I got to discover it live. Yes. And so the website is robgrad.com. Yes. R-O-B-G-R-A-D. Yep. And also on Instagram. Rob underscore grad on Instagram. I know that's a little confusing, but... Yes. And is there anywhere else? or? Um, those are the two places to find me. Cool, yeah. Everything perfect. else links from there. I mean, I'm on Facebook and stuff, but yeah. go to Instagram or yeah. my website. You'll see If it. you're in Los Angeles, uh, check out your show yes. in Culver City yep. from January 5th to February 16th. Yes. And Fabric. I'm also currently at Ren Gallery downtown. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so cool. I've got a, um, I've got a bunch of work up there, so that's a good one to go to as well. Ren Gallery. Ren R E N. Where is that? That is on, is she on like Seventh and Main, yes, in Santee Court. So. Yeah, Santee Court. Santee oh, nice. Court. Well, I'm downtown a lot. Maybe I'll go. Yeah, pop in. Great gallery. She's amazing. Yeah, she curates a lot she's of amazing. really cool artists. Renee, Renee Warren, and she's a total up and comer in LA. And of, of all the galleries, I've not that it's been the list of that long, but of all the people I know in this sort of world, she's the one that's out there making stuff happen, getting herself out there, doing things more so than pretty much anybody I know. Like I couldn't say 
she's awesome. And it was through her that I met Rob. And that's how I met, yeah. What a nice plug for her. Wow. Yeah, I actually time. have wanted to get her on the pod to talk to her. She'd be great on here, too. Gallery. Perhaps yeah. future guest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rob, thanks for coming. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you so much. We really yeah, appreciate it. This is fun. It. Yeah, it was great. And uh, thanks, listeners, for listening to the podcast. You know, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, blah, 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 five stars. Um, thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.